And we're back. It's and been a while. I've been craving this. It's been this. a while. Hmm. Oh, man. So Jenna and I just completed a day-long workshop, the Science of Magic workshop, Brilliance Health Coaching workshop. And Jenna was here as my support. And I think it went really well. I do too. They always do. Yeah. They always are exactly what is needed for the whole group. Yeah. Yeah. Can we talk about how it happened that somebody came in that was a Howden Speech and Language client? Yes. Just so weird synchronicities of of all the people. Like, too coincidental. Like, just too, too weird. It was one of those situations where I'm like, no, that can't be right. (laughs) Holy fuck, it is. Yeah. Hmm. So what happened was we had this workshop, and it came out that Jenna was telling a story, and then all of a sudden, this is about, this is in the afternoon, so some time had passed already, and Jenna was in the middle of telling a story, and she was talking a little bit about speech pathology and working with clients and then this woman was like wait what's your last name (laughs) (laughs) and then she was like oh I contacted you to look after my daughter for speech pathology Mm -hmm. and then Jenna was like oh my god worlds are colliding yeah and I mean we had a great interaction I basically was not able to see her child because I'm I'm fully booked but I gave her a bunch of information And then there was this thing in me that got terrified because all of a sudden the worlds were colliding. Mm -hmm. It was like, hey, this signs of magic stuff. I do this stuff on the weekend (laughs) and in my evenings. This is is not my professional side. This is my wizard robes. Muggles don't (laughs) see my wizard robes. (laughs) Oh my God. I got like panicked for a second. Did you see my face? I kind of noticed it. Or did you it, feel it? But I, it, was, it didn't feel like so intense. All of a sudden, it felt like all my attention that was beautifully out on everybody else. It's like it got sucked straight into my body. And I got right into my like body and my head and trapped myself in there. And I'm like, So you oh were triggered. God. Yeah, I was triggered. That sounds like you were triggered. Yeah. Because I felt like all the stuff that I had just shared, um, especially today, I got really into my feminine, mm-hmm. I feel like. And it felt so unprofessional. Like, I would label it as unprofessional. That's not my professional side that I would talk to parents like. Mm-hmm. And it was scary. And, and I mean, that's so interesting that from your perspective, because from my perspective, you just humanized yourself. You know, like, you, you're like, mm-hmm. I'm a relatable fellow human who has deep, deep, deep insight to myself and to other people. And how could that not make you a better professional? Yeah. No matter what you're doing. Like, to me, that's what that's how I see it. It's like the mask that I always wear. Not always, but often I feel like I have to come in with my masculine side and, like, stand up straight and talk in professional ways and, like, have to uphold this way that they see me so that they'll want to pay me. And, and sh- that they believe... I think this is actually... It's not even so much about the money as, like, they'll believe that I can help their child, that I can do the job. Mm-hmm. They can trust me. 
because, and the reason they can trust me is because I come in with my professional side and I just dump all my knowledge on top of them. And that yeah. will be the thing yeah. that, that sells them. Yep. And it's like, actually the reverse is true. I know. Right? The ability to connect and to have a deep emotional impact in the way that you did today and in the way that I know you do with kids. Mm-hmm. In that ability to stay present and to be an approval of their emotions and your own emotions. Yeah. And your ability to really listen, which is a part of communication and speech, right? Mm-hmm. It's not just about talking to someone. It's about the, the communication. Yeah. Right? And so you're showing, you're demonstrating that you have a unique skill that I don't know any other... I don't know very many speech pathologists, to be fair, but, <laughs> but I mean, not a lot of other professionals, healthcare professionals can display that amount of depth yeah. and caring and emotional intelligence. So to me, I thought that was, this whole thing was like a really good advertisement for you. It was like exactly what I needed to see. Mm-hmm. I needed to see that I would still be accepted. Mm-hmm. I think that's cool that we're talking about this because that has been the theme this week. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that this happened for you. And then I'm coming back from doing a presentation with the College of Pharmacy yeah. with the students. And I was so nervous about it because same thing, worlds were colliding of my pharmacy world where I have to be 100% grounded in science and know what I'm talking about and have oh, all the exactly answers. It. And, you know, like know every little study and and be so demonstrate my ability through my intelligence and I got to talk about something with them that I'm actually passionate about about the mind-body connection and I had science to back it all up it was a really professionally done PowerPoint presentation with everything was cited and based in in real evidence Mm -hmm. and and it was stuff that I'm passionate about and so yeah the worlds collided and that way for me this it's week. It's super healing. Super I remember validating. like at the beginning of the week when you told me that you were doing that talk, I immediately thought the same thing. I was like, wow, really? Mm-hmm. I'm surprised that she would go do that for a pharmacy because there's like a jaded element since you mm-hmm. left your job mm-hmm. of like, yeah, this is going to be better. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But really. It is better. <laughs> and it, it is. It's, it's way better. Because it's a better fit for me. But then at the same time, and that's, I don't think it even needs to be for the external world but within yourself mm-hmm. and for what for me today too there's a real healing element where you're like I don't have to pit one against the other mm-hmm. I can just be myself and still win yeah and people will still love me mm-hmm. and yeah and the, the, that was the cool thing was having such a good reception and they all seemed leaned in they all uh, I mean, I never know if there's some skepticisms that come up if they don't share them with me, but I felt like I normally feel when people's body language shows me that they're they're not like fiddling on their phone the whole time, bored and waiting for the presentation mm-hmm. to be over. Like everybody's eyes are up, they're looking at me, they're physically leaned in. I can tell they're paying attention and that this is interesting information for them. Yeah, I do know those subtle differences, right? Mm-hmm. And so... And, and, and I'm at the point now where I welcome the skepticism and I ask them several times, I'm like, what comes up when you hear the word mind-body connection or you hear the word trauma? Because mm-hmm. I want to know what your associations are with those words and I can tell you what my experience is with them and I do care about the science. I do care about the real life grounded yeah. application of it. 
And so that was really cool to, to be able to do that so confidently. And it was a good, and to be fair, because you're confident in it, you can put your attention out so good that like this one woman in particular came in and she straight up said, part of me used to believe this. I don't really know if I believe this much anymore, but like, Mm -hmm. I'm here (laughs) basically. Yeah. And when you put your attention on her, she soaked it up like a sponge. It was cool. And that is when we asked her at the end, like to share a frame, <clears throat> one moment that was memorable from the experience today, that was the moment that she shared. Mm-hmm. And she basically said, I want to know more about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Because so. that, to me, that's exciting. Like I'm in this point of skepticism. I'm like, I've been there. I know exactly what mm-hmm. you mean. And I was skeptical too. And I had to try this stuff for myself too. And mm-hmm. I have, and I'm on the other side of it. So I know you can too. And that's the cool thing about coaching mm-hmm. is that it's not just, I read this in a book and it's supposed to work on a statistical level. So, you know, four out of 10 people this should work for. It's like, no, I know that this works worked yeah. for me. So chances are I can guide you through it working for you too. Not always, but and sometimes you have to take different approaches because people are different. But for the most part, that's where my confidence comes from. Yeah. I've done this for myself. And that, like, you can't predict the situation that you're going into, but you trust that it's all Mm going to be all right. Mm -hmm. I think if I bring it back to speech-language pathology, I'm really working on healing that trust. Like, Mm -hmm. when I'm alone with kids working in schools, or even with school staff, because I'm comfortable with school staff, um, I just, I'm on fire, like mm-hmm. honestly, it all I'm in flow state. On a roll in, in flow yeah. state. But yeah. I'm tuned into the kids entirely. Mm-hmm. So I don't even give a shit if they do the thing I wanted them to do. Mm-hmm. I'm just there on the ride. I'm following it. I'm exploring. I'm looking to see what's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. And I have awesome sessions. Um the more rigid I get, if I'm being watched by parents sometimes, mm-hmm. I'll being get super sucks. rigid. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, in my head I'm thinking okay, well, they want me to do this and this is their goal here. And then half that, that attention is taken off the child and then I lose it. Mm-hmm. I lose it and I have to try to get it back. And those are the sessions that fall to hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's that element of like putting on a mask. Um, and I think what I'm realizing actually right now, as you're talking, the mask for me is the research. Mm-hmm. I don't really give a fuck about research. Well, the but research like, has to be like, applicable to the individual. Well, I get that people are into it. For me, that's just not... A, like. Sometimes I like to back it up with it, but for me, it's about like being with the person and feeling it out, trial and error with them mm-hmm. in the moment and going where that needs to go. Mm-hmm. And I think that's my, that's my strong point. Mm-hmm. So when I mask it with research, it's not very authentic for me. Mm-hmm. And so I guess parents probably feel that from me. Like It's an interesting thing I have to think about now. Mm-hmm. is like when I lead with research I'm really trying to put on a mask here yeah what do I need to do to relax yeah and then what does it say if you're quoting research that is is again statistically or clinically sound you're quoting it to somebody and you're like this should work and then it doesn't mm-hmm. and what message does that convey to the person who it didn't work on and I think that was some of my disenfranchisement with pharmacy was like, okay, these are evidence-based practices that are recommended by leading experts Mm -hmm. and all of the 
documented evidence is there, right? Yeah. Like, let's say for antidepressants. But then what I was seeing clinically was that people would go on antidepressants. And then, and what I was seeing with real people in front of me was that it would work for really great for some people. And then for other people, it really just wouldn't work at all. Mm-hmm. And then they'd be trying all these different modalities and then beating themselves up for not being compliant or maybe they're not doing this right or maybe they're not doing this right. And it's like just maybe it's just not the right tool for you. Yeah. Or maybe there is something else we need to add in, but that means that somebody has to take the time to spend with you to figure that out, mm-hmm. right? And so to me, yes, there's a place for evidence-based medicine and research and science, but like you said, like if we lead with that, I don't think that we connect to the individual we're trying to help Yeah. as well as we could. Well, because we like... What I was just thinking too is that why that doesn't work is because really the gold mine tool that I use is my intuition. I don't mm-hmm. think I realized that until recently. But when I'm in sessions, yeah, sometimes the weirdest shit will work. Mm-hmm. But it's because I'm just kind of following the lead. And if I'm trying too hard to make a strategy happen, yeah, <laughs> the kids, kids are like animals too in that they're really honest about in their reaction. Yeah. <laughs> so they'll just go haywire. Right. Like, they'll melt down, they'll, like, they'll throw stuff, they'll shut down, mm-hmm. withdraw. Yeah. They can feel me trying to, it feels gross. Right, because you're trying like, to get hey, something out of them. Do this, do this, do this. Yeah. <laughs> Force it on them. But if I come with that, like, intuitive feel and, like, really free-flowing, like, hey, I'm just here to, like, see who you are. Mm-hmm. And let's just get to know each other and mm-hmm. talk and play and there's a looseness yeah. to it. Then... Yeah, it and flows. That's, that's what I find with coaching too is that there is that intuitive component to uh, instead of just reading off of slides or lecturing knowledge, it's, it's listening to somebody's story. Yeah. And then in that listening and in that paying attention, some kind of intuitive piece of information that I had from before will come up again. And then I'll be like, yeah. oh, I should tell this story. Or I yeah. should I should incorporate how this like this teaching or lesson can apply directly for them in their life in a practical way. Exactly. And that that's where I get like the feeling of fulfillment because then they can be like, oh, like this is how I can apply this to my life, my individual mm-hmm. life, not just following a checklist of what I'm supposed to do, but what I actually can do that makes sense for me. That's way more fulfilling to me. It just comes down to trust. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it does. It totally does. And that's been the lesson since I got back from Colombia. Mm-hmm. And when I was in Colombia was this whole, I remember this feeling of we were riding motorcycles from one hotel to another hostel. And it was the most beautiful, the ocean was on one side and oh, the mountains on the nice. other side. And so much going on. It was just enough scary that it was kind of adrenaline, yeah. but not so scary that I was like <laughs> rigid <laughs> or yeah, I'm going to die. Just so beautiful. And it was so in the moment and just was like, if everything led up to this, life is perfect. You know, yeah. like this, I'm in paradise with amazing people. I'm so privileged. I'm so lucky. Like this is amazing. And I want to bring this feeling home with me mm-hmm. and surrender and trust that everything is going to continue to unfold continue to unfold because it does have a lot of momentum behind it already Mm -hmm. 
So, yeah, and that to me is trusting the masculine. Trusting the masculine. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, story of my life this week. Mm -hmm. (laughs) With John. It's like I've been wanting so badly to trust him, Mm -hmm. and I didn't realize that I was roadblocking it by not allowing him Mm -hmm. to step up and do the things I'm like, do this, but then I get in the way. (laughs) Yeah. And I didn't even know I was in the way. I thought that I was doing a good job. Mm Mm-hmm. Until, like, literally the universe this week forced my hand. Mm -hmm. My daughter got super sick. She was in the hospital for six days with the respiratory... What does RSV stand for? Respiratory... Something virus, whatever. She had a chest virus Mm -hmm. and was having trouble breathing. And it was scary. Um, But what I've been saying to John is, like... I don't want to have to hold up both the masculine and feminine. I want to trust that I can su- that you'll support me when I need it. Mm-hmm. And all these situations have manifested that have demonstrated to me where I'm like, for example, where was it at the when she was when she was sick enough that I thought we should go to the hospital, I called him and I was like, "Okay, I think we should go to the hospital and he was kind of like, well, I don't know, like, can I work till lunch? I was like, sure. He's like, okay, I'll come home at lunch. And then all of a sudden lunch hit and he wasn't there and it was like one o'clock and I was spinning stories like a crazy person. Mm-hmm. I was like, see, see, this is exactly why I can't trust him. Because when I ask for what I need, he doesn't show up. Mm-hmm. And I called him like 10 times. He didn't show up, didn't show up, wasn't answering his phone. And then he had a haircut and these other things and we got into a fight and but then we weren't allowed to actually resolve the situation so Mm -hmm. I went to the hospital with her and he stayed with our other daughter and for days we just switched off Mm -hmm. and then the universe like forced my hand in that he had to stay overnight at the hospital because I had to work Mm -hmm. and I work as a contractor now so I can't just I can't take sick days Mm -hmm. I have to show up or I don't get paid yeah And um, he had to stay with the kids and I had to work. And for the first time, A, he stayed overnight with our almost two-year-old and I've never spent a night apart from her. Mm -hmm. So that will tell you enough about my control. Mm -hmm. And B, I had to be the one that was away and he took care of the household. He dropped the kids off. He picked them up. He made the meals. He -hmm. did all the things that I thought that I wanted him to do. Not full time, but here and there. Mm Mm-hmm. And he started doing it so graciously this week. And I was the one who had trouble. I struggled. Like the night that I had to go home and he was overnight at the hospital, I sat in bed with the most sick feeling in my stomach. Like, oh, I can't take this. I can't do this. Like, I felt like I was going to cry. I was going to explode. And it was because I wanted to be the one. Yeah. I wanted my masculine to to compete. I wanted to take care of it all. I wanted to provide. I want to be the martyr. Yeah. And I was forced to let him do that. Mm-hmm. And it was so hard. Like, you imagine that it's, you get the thing you want, you've been asking for, like support, and then you're so happy and it feels so good. It wasn't. It was so hard. Mm-hmm. And then, since then, we've had this great momentum where he's just kept on with it. Mm-hmm. And the things that would have... I don't know how to explain this. Like, I think before he was actually reflecting back my insecurities, he's Mm -hmm. reflecting back 
like you don't actually you're not allowing this you don't actually want this does that make sense yep yep does to me um and now that i've chilled out and i'm actually allowing him to support he's chilled Mm -hmm. out yeah and i'd be like hey i want to go do this thing all day even though you've been watching the kids all week and he's like yeah i got it we're good yep and he's actually being allowed to step into his potential yeah i'm like wow He's doing all the things I've been waiting for. Mm-hmm. And now, finally now, it's been a week. I'm like, oh, this. You, you upper limited there for a minute. I upper limited hard. And then struggled against that. But now it seems like you're on the other side of it and you're receiving it. Now, now I can receive it and I get it. And I'm like, this is fantastic. Yeah, wow. Why and did the I crazy, wait so long? Like the crazy part out of all of this too is like you gave me a hard stroke the other day. <laughs> hard stroke. My, that doesn't sound like me. My <laughs> ego was pissed at you for a second. <laughs> but I wanted to micromanage him looking for jobs and like his work stuff. Mm-hmm. And I've been micromanaging and squeezing him his stuff tightly lately. Mm-hmm. But like, oh, you shouldn't apply for this job or you should. Or you should say this or you shouldn't do this. And you were like, hey, you need to step back and not fuck around in that. Like, you need to trust him. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I want to get excited about it. I want to, like, I want to talk about it. I want to tell him what to do with this This is my stuff. way of supporting him. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, no, get the fuck out of there. There's too many fucking cooks in this kitchen. <laughs> and I was so insulted at first. My ego was like, eh. <laughs> You hit it well, because... <gasps> it felt like a gut punch. <laughs> But then I knew you were right. I was like, yeah, because uh, you didn't fight me on it at all. You know why I knew you were right? Because I've run that pattern a hundred fucking times. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I know what happens when I start to micromanage his job. I get excited. There's this new opportunity. He's into it. We talk about it. And then I get tight on it. And I'm like, okay, well, did you hear back from him? Or did you do this? Or did you say this? And I tighten it, tighten it, tighten it until it dies. Mm-hmm. And then we're all disappointed and it didn't work and it didn't happen. Elmira him. Yeah. (laughs) And then I blame him for it. Yeah. Like, well, you didn't try hard enough and you should have done this or you didn't, you didn't do something. Mm -hmm. And I feel pissed off and resentful and angry. And then we let go and then we repeat the cycle. Mm -hmm. And this time you called me on it and I, I have been letting go and all that support's been coming in and holy shit i like i'm in my feminine Mm -hmm. and it feels so exciting like i don't know i don't know what's gonna happen interestingly all these synchronous things are opening up to him but i'm actually not going after them with him he tells me about them and i just leave them there yeah and i'm like oh that's so cool and now i'm not gonna think about it Mm -hmm. i'm not gonna go into it i'm not gonna tighten on it yeah and trust him i'm gonna trust him that he's got it and the more that i feel like i'm trusting him the more attracted i feel that's cool like all i want to do is have sex with him (laughs) that's amazing i do and like because i feel super grateful like i can't explain it it's the most gratitude i felt for so long so i'm like yeah he's taking care of us he's Mm -hmm. got it yeah he's got it i don't need to check in and i love this because i don't know where we're going so we're going on an adventure yeah and that it that's that's like going on a date, right? It's yeah, like it, he he plans the date and he and you get to go on an adventure. You get to have a new experience. You get to be taken care of. 
And yeah. that's, I think, where chivalry comes from. It's like, yeah. it's the masculine taking the feminine on an adventure. Yeah. And she she's driving it. Like, like your turn on and your power and your presence and approval all of that is what he's doing it for Mm because he wants to see the world through your eyes and experience co-creation with you but at the same time we've got to let that in yeah so we've got to trust the masculine that the date that he takes us on is going to be super fucking fun Mm -hmm. right and so far we've been doing what you described of being like well you're going to take me here is it going to be gluten-free is it going to have this is it going to have a band? Is it going to do... And then by the time we're done with all of our demands, he's like, you know what? I don't really feel like going anymore. And then yeah. we're like, see, you're a pig. And you're, and you're like, why don't you want to talk about it? What? Why? Yeah. So you overanalyze everything. Okay, I don't overanalyze everything. Why don't you want to talk about it? I'm like, oh my God. Shut up. Shut up. Just get out of the room. And then I wonder why he's like vegging with his headphones on. It's, yeah. Oh my God. Oh, man. Men are the best. But yeah, and I'm just finding, like, I just can't believe how sexually attracted I am to him right now. I think that's really cool. Like, I just want to bang him all the time right now. That's amazing. I was just so blown away when he texted and he's like, hey, you want to come over and watch this, this Tony Robbins thing? And I was like... Is he texting on behalf of Jenna? Like, is this Jenna's idea? Nope, wasn't Jenna's idea. I didn't even know about it. Right? And then so I come over and, like, you guys are have ordered pizza and we're having this whole Tony Robbins night. And it's like, <laughs> this is amazing. I did not see this coming from John. Normally it's us that are forcing these types of things on him. Mm-hmm. And here he is like, oh, now I'm into the things you guys are into. And it's like, this is awesome. So cool. So cool. Yeah, it's feeling really good. Mm-hmm. But, like, breaking the pattern did not feel really good. <laughs> no, breaking the pattern on my side, because, like everything else, you and I have energetically similar patterns, but mm-hmm. they manifest in different ways. So, uh, for me, I got into this huge fight with my dad about not feeling supported and emotionally supported by him. Um, and just like my own issues with authority and all of that coming back into the same kind of cycle like you're talking about. Like I get into a cycle with John, I get into a cycle with authority where I feel like I'm betrayed and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm taken advantage of and I'm not given any choice or agency and I'm just like and you have tossed to aside and I have to do, yeah, I have to work over and above to be heard and to feel seen and and then so that happened and then it got reflected again with my dad who is probably the crux of where all this comes from in the first place but the conflict led to me being able to stand up for myself and back myself in my emotion not just my rationality because before it was like if you're if you're not being rational and I can out argue this with you then I win and your emotions are invalid and bye, mm-hmm. like dismissed. But this time I had both the rationality and the emotional backing and he couldn't out-rationalize me because I understand what happened better than he did. And I didn't take on both his side of it. Like I didn't take, I was upsetting him and I didn't take that on myself. Whereas before I would have been like, oh, I can't upset him. Yeah. Like I can't upset him because he wouldn't know how to handle it. 
now it's like, no, you can handle it. And you are stepping into your potential by handling it. And that feels like a big, big karmic shift. It for was. Me. And it is. So but big. I think the key here, and it's res- it worked in both of our situations, is when you first step out of that comfort zone, the regular pattern, the discomfort is unbearable. Mm-hmm. It's unfucking bearable in your body. Yeah. All you like, I ate like probably I ate half a cheesecake trying to stuff it away. I was like, <laughs> I gotta get away from these feelings. Yeah. Um, I had anxiety about it after. Yeah. Was like, he, I upset him. All of the old feelings came back, but I was watching them come back instead of them. Mm-hmm. Instead of being totally overtaken by them, but they still were there for yeah. sure. Just like patterns of like, oh, I should, I should email him or call him and apologize and take full responsibility for this. Yeah. It's like. I'll take my 50%. And why does that happen? Because you're looking for relief. Mm-hmm. Because you're learning how to hold more sensation. Mm-hmm. Because to break the pattern and do the things you want and be able to have the things you want, you need to be able to hold higher levels of sensation. That's yeah. expansion. That's expansion. And at first it feels uncomfortable as fuck. Because I know the situation you're talking about too. You want to rescue him from yeah. it. Yeah. Because that would give you relief. Because I know he's upset with me. I know yeah. he's upset at himself. I know he was. And he doesn't really know what to do with that emotion. And, well, I, I'm assuming that in my narcissistic perspective. <laughs> Maybe he does. Maybe he's fine. Maybe he can step into that potential. He's just never... I've never given him the chance to. Exactly. So, so you being able to hold the discomfort for longer periods of time, mm-hmm. that's what grows you both. Yeah. But I think it did have to be the 33-year-old me having a conflict with my 68-year-old father because we're not in a power imbalance anymore. Yeah. Like, I don't need anything from him anymore other than emotional support. So that's a difference in how we were, how I was raised, right? Because he was my father. Like, I was a dependent on him. And so I had to survive it was a survival mechanism yeah. to take on all of that. Otherwise, I had fears that I wouldn't get my needs met. Yeah. And now that that's off the table, consciously off the table, so I'm able to show up in a different way. And I, but, I, but it was interesting because I still had the same fears of, like, he's going to take his love away or he's going to yeah. take something away that I need or want. It's like, well, what actually could he take away that wouldn't be petty as fuck? Yeah. Right? And I know he's not he's not a petty person, so for the most part. But so I mean, we're all kind of petty and it can be fun to be petty, but Yeah, that yeah. stretch is huge for you. Yeah. To be able to grow and you know you can hold it now. Mm-hmm. Right? And honestly I respect him more now than if but I like, would have it makes so held much sense in. with the fuckboy dynamic too. Oh though. my god, yeah. Because you look at like mothers that step in and they do ninety percent for the fuck mm-hmm. boys. Yeah. Well those boys they stay boys because they don't ever mm-hmm. get the chance to be uncomfortable and grow into a man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It makes so much sense. Yeah, I just in every dynamic I've taken on way too much responsibility emotionally. Way too much. And then I let things slide. Yeah. And yeah, put up with things that I shouldn't put up with because I haven't been valuing myself. And and I'm at the point now, too, that it feels so good to just be like, and that's fine. <laughs> like, yeah. It's okay that it's taken me this long because 
Look at the adventures I've had along the way. Yeah, the learning. Right? Exploring. That, like, the amount of life I've lived in the last 10 years is insane. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't trade that for anything. Exactly. Not for anything. Even all the pain that it's caused has led to all these little jewels of up until 2020, which is this big astrological year, big energetic year, big just symbolic year. Yeah. And can you tell the story about that? Okay. Like, I don't really understand what it means, but it was just creepy as hell. So, and this is a shout out to Jackie, because I know she listens. (laughs) Hey, Jackie. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Uh, And she said she was waiting for another podcast this week. (laughs) So it's for you, babe. I was working in a school this week, and I was assessing, testing a student, and Jackie was sitting there watching. Jackie works at the school. And um, we're going along. I'm getting this child to name some pictures. All of a sudden, she cocks her head to the side, all odd. And she says, 2020. And then she turns her head back and continues. And I was like, huh? <laughs> I looked at Jackie and we're both like, what the hell was that? But hadn't you and Jackie just been Jackie talking? Jackie and I had just been talking about the strange energies of 2020 right before this assessment. But not within the earshot of this student. No. It was before we had went to go get the student. She was classrooms away. But it was like... It almost looked like she was possessed for a second. So crazy. The thing that I said to Jackie afterwards, I was like, because she was like, okay, I'm glad you talked about that. Because what I said to the student, I was like, oh, that was weird. And then the student kind of looked at me funny, like, huh? And I'm like, well, it was just not that, like, you're weird or anything. It was just weird that you said that. Like, I wasn't expecting that. And then we just kept on. (laughs) And after we took the student back to the classroom, Jackie and I were like, what was what that? What was that? <laughs> oh little God. possession. And you know what? I didn't tell you this either. But earlier that morning, we met with the brand new special education teacher. And we just got talking, the three of us, her and Jackie and I. And we we're talking about, like, strange, like, stories of schools being haunted. Mm. And oh everybody shared, like, weird stories and experiences they'd had. And then that happened later that afternoon. <laughs> Kids are just tapped in. Oh my god, it was so strange. I don't... I, it just gives us shivers. Yeah. Like, I don't know what it means. Like, And it wasn't creepy. Like, it, It's not like it scared us. Yeah. It was just like, what Whoa. was that? Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you think it was in hindsight? Like, how do you feel relative to 2020, relative to getting possessed messages from kids (laughs) i think it was just validation yeah like yeah that this is like there's a lot of intensity going on right now Mm -hmm. like all of our patterns are being pulled to the surface i know we say this all the time because Mm -hmm. this podcast has mostly been in 2020 um well maybe not i guess we did we started in september when the energies are like ramping up but like it just feels like there's no month break there's no like couple months break or couple weeks break. It's like literally you face a pattern and then two days later, Kate, you're going to do it again. Kate, mm-hmm. do it again until you beat it. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> beat the level. Yeah, <laughs> beat the level. Yeah. And if you don't beat the level, I'm going to throw some shit on it so that you're forced to beat the level. Mm-hmm. Like you don't beat the level or you're going to suffer. You're going to suffer really, really hard. Yeah. Until you get it. Because 
we are aware that we're trying to beat the level now. It's not just yeah. like, oh, all these things are happening to us. It's like, no, damn it, I <laughs> failed that test. I knew it was a test and I fucking <laughs> failed it. And but I want to I want another go at it and then we get another go at it and then mm-hmm. yeah. So fast. Fast turnaround. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think that's what it is. It's just trying to clear it for us because what it wants us to show us is how amazing the world can be mm-hmm. because it goes the opposite too. Yeah, it may feel intense in that if you don't face your struggles right now and mm-hmm. transmute them, like dig the gold out of them, gain the awareness, gain the skill set, mm-hmm. whatever it is that you're meant hear, to learn. Hear the message that pain, the is, message. pain is trying to tell us because mm-hmm. it's a message. Yep. Yeah. If you don't face up to that stuff and break your patterns you're going to suffer like hell. And on the other side of it, you're going to have the most amazing life. Mm-hmm. So it is kind of extremes, but it can be so great. Yeah. And in the meantime, like there's so much more good to come and I can feel that. In the meantime, our lives are pretty fucking badass right they now are. too. Right? Like, they really are. They really are. They really, really are. There's so much. Even just the weather today oh, feels so good. Just mm-hmm. that warmth of walking down the street. It feels like spring. And if we didn't have such intense winters in Canada, in Saskatchewan in particular, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think we were rated as like the coldest place on earth. Northern Saskatchewan a couple times this year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that goes to show. But you are so grateful the minute that spring air hits your cheek. That's the best feeling. God, it feels phenomenal. Yeah. But if we had that all the time, the contrast. Yeah, the contrast of like walking outside and it literally feels like your breath is being taken away. It's so cold. Your eyelashes freeze. In two seconds, your whole leg feels like a block of ice. Yeah. And and then in contrast, it's so dark. And it's so dark all the time. In contrast to days like today where it's sunny and gorgeous and you could be outside for hours and yeah i wouldn't give up winter because you wouldn't get to feel that yeah and then how summer is so amazing and yeah we definitely get to feel all the seasons fully that's so good what about today is a special day it's february 29th yeah Mm -hmm. oh i had an accent when i said that february 29th oh my god special energy in the group today yeah it was really good group today Mm -hmm. for sure it was it's cool having new people join too that are so brave to just show up out of nowhere and and lay it all out there like that like that is oh I've got so much respect for that Mm -hmm. so much respect Um, yeah so it's a numer in numerology it's a eight day okay I think because it's February 29th, 2020. That adds up to eight, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Eight is manifestation. Like things are starting to happen in the material oh, that's world. So what it feels like. Right, yeah. Like for years, we've been yearning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the yearning has been good in the way that it's made us do so much self work. Yeah. We've done a ton of work. We've tried so many different avenues. Mm-hmm. Like, 
think of the ways that we've tried to get the things that we want to manifest in our lives. Mm-hmm. It's been like orgasmic meditation. Mm-hmm. You did trips all over the world, but like yep. a lot in New York, San Francisco, London. And mm-hmm. then I got to come along for those trips and they were yep. life changing. Yep. Um, we tried hypnosis. Yep. yep. <laughs> We've tried like different kinds of therapy, floats. Yep. Like some yoga sound therapies meditation tons mm-hmm. of different Michaela kinds Sheldon. of meditation channeling Channels. channeling yeah doing sessions with astrologers and channelers yeah um energy healers in Saskatoon yeah Reiki even. and energy healers crystals um but I feel like even the self-help books yeah like we've we've done Joe, all of them Joe like Spenza, Aubrey Teal Marcus Swan, Aubrey Marcus the own the day um, stuff Aubrey Marcus needs a <laughs> he needs something i'm not impressed with him right now he's just addicted to suffering yeah and he's an addic- external validation. he actually said that the other day like he's super addicted to the struggle mm-hmm. because he doesn't need to be struggling <laughs> yeah and it's like so so addicted to the external validation that it's actually making him pathetic right now because mm-hmm. it's not good masculine energy no to it's little boy energy. Right? It's little boy energy. It's like, look at me, mom. Look at me, mom. It's like, okay, yeah. like that's that's what you do for little boys. Yeah, you don't do that for grown ass men. And it was interesting because he was talking about. So I just finished a Joe Dispenza ninety day course on. Um, I wouldn't call it like a meditation course, but there's daily meditations that you do, mm-hmm. and it's all science based, and it was awesome. Mm-hmm. There were some really really good learnings in there. But Aubrey Marcus did it too, around the same time as me. Oh, did he? Yeah. And he got to do, he actually flew in for one of the intensives, like a week-long intensive. Mm -hmm. And he was talking about his experience, but you could tell the way he was talking about it, he wasn't immersed in it. Mm. Like he was watching it from the outside, but he wasn't allowing himself to like fully be immersed. Mm -hmm. I was like, damn, what a shame. Like, I think because he's still really worried about, like he, his attention is still on himself in that he's like how he appears to other people mm-hmm. as opposed to just immersing himself in and being embodied and being in full service, being in that alpha male energy that has the attention off of himself and onto the room. Yeah. His attention is still on like, how can I flex here? How can I look the best so that I get the most attention or the most mm-hmm. validation or the most praise? And it's, it's stinky, right? Like you can tell from a mile away that that's what he's doing. Yeah. But he has a lot of goodies. Like, he's got a lot of talents, and he's got a lot of... He gets a lot of attention, and he can sleep with whoever he wants to sleep with. And mm-hmm. he's got a lot of money, and he can do... So what's the incentive, really, to change that other than... I don't know. He he also... Is he a Pisces? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so he likes suffering. So, yeah. And he... He, I mean, he's always going to be on that spiritual quest for the sake of being on a spiritual quest because that's what Pisces is. Yeah. But I think what I've realized with the Joe Dispenza course too, because one of the, the major factors I think that has led to some of the really big desires I have, like publish a book and sell millions of copies, mm-hmm. that kind of a desire, um, is because you want all that external validation of the world mm-hmm. to tell you like you are a good person and we yeah. all love you. Yeah. And he's chasing that for sure. Yeah. Um, but what I realized at the end of the Joe Dispenza thing, I feel like I've actually 
his course was like the last thing I wanted to try that I haven't been able to try yet. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, that'll finally be the thing that saves me. Mm, right. And then when I got through it, I was like, I'm kind of done. Yeah. Like I'll probably still follow teachers I'm, and do stuff, but this I'm, was it. I'm done trying to be saved from my own pain as if I'm being victimized yeah. by it. And I need being saved. Like the realization yeah. that we don't need saved, that we're actually everything that we have that we want is here and we're going to get it and we're getting it yeah is a big realization that is can be tough to let go of all of that like well if i just do this one last course or this one last thing or meet this right person save me and then i'll be then i won't ever have to feel pain again and it's like no that's not how it works that's not how it works i'll be there yeah i'll manifest a million dollars and then all my problems will be gone yeah. Um, which Aubrey is a perfect example of that isn't true. <laughs> right. But then one of Aubrey Marcus's main people from on it, um, Eric Godsey, mm. I tagged you in that post that he wrote. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. He's a good writer. Yeah. He's good. I love following his stuff and he's breaking away now. Is he? Yeah. Good for him. And he wrote a post about that too. Um, and he talked about the same thing. Like he was looking to women in relationships to rescue him. And he's like, oh, if I just finally get that one relationship that, like, with the yeah. woman of my dreams, then yeah. that'll, that'll and do it. that's my problem. I just haven't met the right woman. When yeah. I meet the right woman, she'll solve everything for me. Yeah. It's like, uh, no, <laughs> that's not how it works. Yeah. And he said, he posted this picture of a man standing, like, at the water, like, looking out on the horizon. And he's like, what, I think this is what he said, if I remember basically it's not even about getting the thing because he said he squeezes too tightly and he loses the relationship that's Mm -hmm. what happens and it's super painful and then he has a break from it and then he does it again but what he said like I like to look at this picture and realize like it's that man that I want to be that I need to embody Mm -hmm. and so when I'm going towards my desires and my goals I don't think about the thing so much anymore as like what would it what does it feel like to be Mm -hmm. him yeah because really, that's the only right. end goal. So what would it feel like right now to have a million dollars in your bank account? Let's actually do this exercise. Okay. We've got like, <laughs> we've got like 15 minutes left. What would it feel like to have a million dollars? You know, I'd probably have a nicer house. I no, but have... what would I know, it but feel this is, like? This is how it feels to me. Because the house is a visceral thing for me. Okay. As a cancer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd have a nice house. I'd have these nice things around me. But I would probably still be right here with you doing this podcast. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it wouldn't feel like there'd be like 100 people lined up outside to cheer me on. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, I think that's the thing I'm looking for is like external validation and like saved from. Mm-hmm. And I think the thing I'm running from is like, am I good enough? Mm-hmm. Am I good enough? And it sometimes manifests as do I have enough? Mm-hmm. That's where the million dollar thing comes from. Yeah. I'll be happy when, but my happiness is based on the external things and what people think of me. Mm-hmm. So we're conflating the, do I have enough with, am I enough? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Just enough. Yeah. I think enough. it all centers around like, that word enough. Enough. Yeah. And the spell that that puts on us, mm-hmm. that word. So if we break the spell and we have plenty we're in plenty and we know we trust that we will continue to be in plenty that the resources are 
wildly available and they'll come in and out and flow in and out. We don't have to hoard them. Well, I think that's why that question, so I didn't explain that very well, but um, to me, if I had a million dollars right now, it would feel a little bit like I feel heart palpitations and because I didn't, I'm still not the person. I'm not the person that I was chasing to be. But if I try to feel into what the woman is, who is abundant and doesn't ever have to worry about, can I pay for this? Can I afford that? Or the woman, maybe even this is better, the woman that I want to embody or become. Mm -hmm. She's flowing and she's standing up straight and she's smiling and she's vibrant. Mm -hmm. And she's She's just, just, she's full. She's a joy to be around. Everybody's head turns when she walks into the room and it has nothing to do with what she looks like. It's just because of her energy. It's just because when she walks in, you can feel the joy following her. And the vibrance that's coming off of her. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's full. Yeah. And she's abundant because she's full. Yeah. So there's joy and there's happiness and all of that. And she's able to be generous. So I want to be able to be generous with with my time, with my money. Like Like we were talking about this at lunch, like to pick up the check here and there if that feels like the resonant thing to do, mm-hmm. um, to, to make, to buy trips and but do that, everything that I want to do in the, the moment. That's actually the perfect spot is like, when you think about picking up the check, do you come at it from this place of like, mm, it's my turn to pick up the check. Right. Okay. If I pick up the check this time, then she'll pay next time. So it will balance out. But if I pick up this check this time, then I'm just going to have to not buy mascara this month because mm-hmm. like I have to make sure that the checks and balances. Yeah. No that's, worries about that. That's stressful and it feels shitty. Yeah. It, it's like, I am I can pick up the check because I want to do it as a gift for the table. Yeah. Right? And and I think about it, like, if I'm picking up the check and my attention is outside of myself and it's abundant, then I'm paying attention to you and I'm like, man, I want to pick up the check because it feels so good mm-hmm. to take care of her and give her this gift and make mm-hmm. her feel loved. Yeah. And I would love to share that feeling of love with her. Yeah. That's the difference. That's the difference. And that's a, that's a really good nuanced difference of it's not because I owe or I want to prove a point or it's coming from a place of, of because I'm feeling so abundant in my love, this is, a, this is an external representation of that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And just I just wouldn't worry about, like, it's like, oh, I have the desire to, to do this. Okay. I can, I can book it. I can do whatever I want to do. Yeah. When I want to do it. I think that's that's the main thing. And then, yeah, be of service in the best way that I can. And you're present for the service because you're not stuck inside your head. Yeah. Your attention's out yeah. and you're sharing moments. Mm-hmm. And that can be with Ambrose or it can be with your girls or it can be with whoever I end up in. Like It could be with my B&I buddy that I'm having a one-to-one with. It could be with a client. It could be with anybody but I'm, they're getting the best of me because I'm so abundant. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. That's the woman I want to be. Yeah, the embodiment. Yeah. Yeah. That's the end goal. That's the end goal for sure. Okay. Well, good place to end. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Definitely inspiring <laughs> up, up talk today. Mm-hmm. Uh, hope everything's good with everybody. Uh, Stay tuned. Jenna and I are both starting some masterminds, so make mm-hmm. sure you check out Howden Speech and Language and Palmer-Coaching.com. 
And other than that, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate our small, small our audience, tribe. our little, our amazing tribe that listened to these, these delightful conversations that we have. Thank mm-hmm. you so much. Love you so Love much. You guys. Bye. Bye.